Should I turn that light on, or should we be in full brightness? Oh, that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It'll keep me awake because if I, like, yeah, yeah, true. If I lower the lights, kind of like when I almost fell asleep watching Madam Web, and I never fall asleep during movies. Never. Were we watching something when you when you fell asleep over here? The last time I got no, we were listening. I was listening to. Was I watching something? Yeah, but yeah, were we watching something? I think that because that was the day. Yeah, we had to cancel the podcast because I was so messed up. I think I think that was you only live twice. That was the same day. I think because Eric. Yes, we were gonna watch you only live twice. No, we watched it. Eric came over halfway through. We hung out with him, and I gave you a cookie. Then when he left, you brought the cookies out, and we finished the rest of the movie. And then you were like, "You want to go take a walk?" We took a walk around the neighborhood. And we came back, and we just and you were like, "Oh, I'll make you fried chicken or something." It was like fried chicken or something. Yeah. And we hung out at, <laughs> at the breakfast nook in the kitchen, and then I was playing like the most uh, we playing like music, and then I started like hitting like the auto. You know when Spotify will hit the an auto shuffle of like songs that like it thinks you want to listen to. Yeah. And it's just like Highway to Hell and like like. Aerosmith songs and we're just like and I was jamming out like it was the first time I heard those songs <laughs> and we're just uh, we're so cause it, that's the beauty of a good edible I yeah, guess cause you know it's it was cause you know it was hitting hard cause when even you kind of stopped yourself and you were like oh man I'm feeling a little stoned and I'm like good glad it's not just me but then the stool that I was sitting on turned to an octopus wait what and it was <laughs> Pulling me back, I almost felt like I was gonna fall down. Like, I had to like lean forward, and like I felt like I was gonna fall back. And I was like, if I fall back, I might fall into an infinite void, and I'll never come back up, <laughs> or I'll just fall on the floor. <laughs> but yeah, that was yeah. So that must have been the only live twice day because yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy time. That was a good time. And then and then I put on Amagama by Pink Floyd. You started with Pet Sounds. Oh yes, yes. Pet, pet sounds, sounds first. Then you're like, let me transition, like, because like, I remember you coming in sometimes and be like, all right, I'm gonna change the mood, <laughs> and like, it's gonna get a little. He's like, yeah, you, it, 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 he was like, it's it's gonna get a little intense this this go around. Pet sounds was like a good opening. Was like a good like, that's the kitty ride. Now we're going on to the big roller coaster. We're gonna take you through. And I was jamming with Pink Floyd, and oh man. It was insane. That's a good record. I, yeah, I played you the live half of Amagama, not not the. Um, I think I got both sides. In- instrumental half. No, no, there, there is a. It is a. Uh, it's a quad. It's a four side album. Excuse me, it's a double album. Was it live? I guess it was live. Quad. It's a double album. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, yeah maybe I, yeah. Uh, one album is live, and the other is um, in studio tracks, each written by different band members. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I thought that's what I listened to. Maybe it was. I don't remember being live. Maybe it was. 
I don't know. Well, the songs are also super long, so yeah. the times where you hear the audience is very minimal. There were times when I was like, I must have been listening to this record for seven hours. How how big is this vinyl? It's definitely long. I think I think it fills both sides, like 22, 23 minutes each side. So. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Echoes is like 23 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Echoes isn't on that record. I don't have metal. Mm. One day I'll have a vinyl copy of metal. Sure, it's out there. Oh, this I've I've come across one. I just didn't buy it because it was a little too expensive, and it was also yeah. not in great condition. When's the last time you went to In Your Ear and Warren? Uh, I can show you the last time. I went. You want to see the last thing I got there? It's still in its bag. Yeah, sure. What'd you get? It's one of the rarest vinyl in the world, apparently. Really? Yeah. Not to gloat. It was just an interesting find. And is this the uh, old location or new location you went to? The new location. The new location has a really good collection in there. I handle it like garbage. Um, But also, I wouldn't have gotten it for the price I got it for if it was that rare. Reissue of the world's rarest soundtrack. It's the soundtrack to the Kane Mutiny. That should have been done with more uh, tact than I did it with. Vinyl vinyl lovers out there are hating me right now. And that's okay. You can hate me. That's totally understandable. I think the rarest... I'm not a professional vinyl guy. I think the rarest records I have are... I have... Um, uh, what's the Elvis Costello record? He's holding the camera. Oh, I can't think of the name of it right now. It's my favorite Elvis Costello record. I can't think of the name of it. Must not be your favorite then. Just kidding. Oh, it is. Why can I not type Costello? Camera. You can, you can do it. That's that's the record. This year's model. This, this year's, year's model. model. Here, take that so I don't drop it. Uh, I have that. It's like it's a. It's not an actual. It was a printing used. Um, to send to radio stations, um, like in the area, so there are only like four printed mm. to go to a radio station like HAY or something back in the day or whatever existed back then. So I have that, and I have a. Um, oh, it's nice. That's nice. And I have a Appetite for Destruction uh, vinyl. That has the original cover that wasn't the cross. Oh wow! That got like you know yeah. banned, and uh, and the vinyl the controversial one. Yeah, and wow. and and the vinyl is pink. Ooh, can you send me a picture of this? So, yeah, it's in my storage somewhere, so I gotta go grab it. Oh yeah, keep that thing in good condition. Yeah, so definitely keep that thing in, in good condition. Yeah, it's it's in, a, it's in a safe box, so I have to go grab my stuff eventually. I just couldn't fit it anywhere. But yeah, I think those are, like only two like really rare vinyls I have. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, rare vinyls are so, like you said, expensive. So it's like, you know. It's also not worth having them. They're so fragile sometimes, you know. Unless you are a professional vinyl guy or person or such, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's... It's it, it, it's 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 an expensive an hobby. Yeah. It's a very yeah, I mean just it's a very expensive hobby. There you go. That's all tight. Um, because yeah, I'll see like every once in a while in your ear. I'm like I want to get like Aerosmith's like 
debut album because I love that album. I have a copy of that. And yeah, but sometimes they just like overprice it. And mm. It's just like because like the original print, and it's like really. But then I'll go that same day. I walked out with like five records for like the, equal to the price of the, of the Aerosmith record. Yeah. Like I got like a Steve Martin record. I got a um, and they they could have just put that sticker on there and been like copy of the world's rarest soundtrack. Like you could have just said that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it might. It probably is. It, it probably. I'm not doubting the, cred, the credentials of in your ear. Yeah, but that is just you never know. You could yeah. just said that that's the the first rarest pressing or something like that. Yeah, they said it was a original pressing. So I was like, okay, I get it. But yeah, but like seeing these Steve Martin records, I saw like a. An original print of, I think it was, it was one of the Roger Moore Bonds. I sent you a picture of it when I bought it. Oh, was it for your eyes only? <sighs> no, it was Live and Let Die. Oh, yes, I have Live, that one. Live and I have, Let Die. I have all of them up to license to kill. I have, Not to gloat. <laughs> well, you sent me quite a few. You give me quite a few, so I have. Like, Anyone that I can find that I already have, I'm like, I'm getting this from Mario. I have, I have, I have a, a sizable collection so far of Bond records. One but, time I got two of them in the same they, they were the same and i'm just like i'll just get one for me one for mario oh sure that's well it's kind of you but yeah like i like i said like that like that live and let die was like you know five bucks the steve martin was like four bucks and i think alicia got something and i forget what else but like yeah we walked out five like bucks for the, the live and let die one is pretty good yeah so I I like, like 12 or 13 it's like yeah it's like people don't like I guess care that much about that record because I'm like oh, it's like a little. That's mo- George Martin. It's so good. Some people just are like, oh, it's just a movie soundtrack, but like you know, they're not nerds like us. We just we love. I think. What's your favorite Bond uh, vinyl? Okay. Or so- me, I should me, say your favorite. My favorite soundtrack. Bond soundtrack that I have on vinyl. Do we want to go with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. I really like, for variety's sake, I like putting on the License to Kill one. Yeah. Because it is random, man. It is, there's a, half the album is Michael Kamen and the other half is not Michael Kamen. Mm. And it's got like, jump up, jump up. Uh, It's got, um, if you ask me to. Uh it's got the title track, you know what I mean? It's got, it's got a bunch of different songs on there. Um, uh, that's a good one. I really like that, that new one I got that's in like Czech or something. It's, it's the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh yeah, that one's, that's, got that's a rare vinyl because I would never see that anywhere else. Yeah, it's got some, I found that at Time Capsule. That's yeah. got some interesting cuts on it, especially including The Look of Love from 67 Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, I really like the Living Daylights one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they all kind of slap. Yeah. This, the, I don't like putting on the Only Live Twice one. I feel I feel like that one can get a little. I, I'm just humming a random melody there, but. Uh, you know, it, like it feels like a little bit too repetitious at times. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going in too much into it. What's your favorite Bond vinyl that you have? 
I'm trying to think of it. Can I get it mixed up? It's one of the Connery ones. What? Which ones do you have? I'm trying to th- Thunderball. Because mine, I can give a. It's I have everything from Doctor No to License to Kill. Yeah, you have everything. Them, yeah, you have it all. See, I only have sporadic ones. I think all the only ones I have are Roger Moore ones and Connery ones. I think the ones I definitely have are from Russia with Love, Thunderball for sure, and Spy Who Loved Me, Live and Let Die, Moonraker, I think. Oh, the most Moonraker soundtrack's pretty good. Yeah. But I think the I'm trying to think which one I like because I like the the atmosphere it gives the room. I want to say it's Thunderball. I'm trying to think of the tracks on that one. Well, that's got our great 007. It's got a yeah, 007 dun, dun, theme. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah, I just like the... We're slowly getting a Connery, folks. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is my transition because it's a Connery record. But yeah, I think it's a Thunderball one because I think it's the... It must be the music that they play... In the nightclub, you know what I'm talking about when that redheaded girl like kind of like that kidnaps him. Like, oh yeah, that's Thunderball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like that. I think I think that music. Oh, is it's on like the, the party in the streets, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's on the record. So I think I like that mm-hmm. as a kind of background music when I'm like just hanging around. Like, and diamonds. I have diamonds. And Diamonds is very good, I think, mm. for like kind of like that that casino yeah. kind of background. Oh, music. you know what my favorite Bond soundtrack is that I have? Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, that's Duh. A good one. Great one. Yeah, that's John Barry's best work. Yep, great there one. we go. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, but and shout out to Spy Who Loved Me because it has that like I used to I used to like blast it in my office in my old apartment and put like blue lights on feeling like I was underwater and it would play that whenever in the submarine and then it goes and like you know I love that I love that soundtrack and you get that nice little um saxophone yeah I guess it's a saxophone when they're on the boat uh, Barbara Bark and Roger Moore are on the boat, and like they're like they escape Jaws and everything, and mm-hmm. it's like a uh, a saxophone cover, or whatever, of the theme song. Oh yeah, and it's like very it like slides right up, it's relaxing. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's good. But sadly, we're not talking about Bond song soundtracks today. We're Talk about Connery Curious, the podcast where each week we get together and talk about the massive, massive filmography of uh, Sir Sean Connery. And today we're covering a... Well, uh, before we say it, Mm. do you know about that? Do you know about this? (laughs) You can't say it? That it's bad luck to say it outside of the context of the production? Because it can doom a production. Oh, do you know about this? No. Let me let me research this a second. <laughs> so we can't say the name of the thing we're covering. Okay. Inside of a theater, though. Okay. Okay. If you've ever had a career in the arts or know someone who has, this is according to History.com. 
If you ever had a career in the arts or know someone who has, you are likely aware that saying the word Macbeth inside a theater is strictly taboo unless one is rehearsing or in the midst of performing Shakespeare's dark tragedy. Doing so is almost universally believed to bring about bad luck or even disaster. Well, we should be okay. We're not in a theater. Uh, yeah, we are not in a theater. So I'm going to sporadically go check the camera, and I want you to keep an eye and make sure this is still, okay. still recording, okay? Okay. As I bump the headphones, <laughs> bump, bump my headphones on the microphone. It's all doomed. Uh, okay, but... so yeah, we can say it now. All I right. just wanted to cover our bases. Okay. So in case we said it by accident and then our mic start, stopped working and my computer fucking glitched <laughs> Everything out. Everything just explodes. Exactly. But yeah, we're covering um, 1961. Thing here. Yep. 1960. Now the 1961 Canadian television film adaptation, adaptation, excuse me, of William Shakespeare's Macbeth, Macbeth starring Sean. I feel like that might have been bad luck. <laughs> like saying it in a theater is unacceptable, but. Saying it at home is fine unless two it's people like, say it at like, once. It's like, it's like not being able to say Voldemort. Like, come on. Never speak his name. <laughs> That's what his snake would say if it was played by Sean Connery. <laughs> what? Did someone just tell me to be quiet? No, that's my snake. It's Sean Connery. <laughs> yes. Thanks. <laughs> I should be, I'm more partial to partial tongue. <laughs> I like partially on my salad. Side note: Do you ever seen Larry David laugh? Yes. He laughs like a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, I'm just punching that in. <laughs> please do. But yes, we're covering Macbeth. Uh, That's what we were I, graced I, with by the wheel. Yeah, I, I did. A late edition. So I didn't think, I was really fully expecting this to be like just a full on. Like, I guess it is kind of like a play, but it, it's like. It, it but it's, a, it's a theatrical production. But yeah, but it's like a, t, it's like a TV. It has angles. Yeah. You know. There's, so. there's cuts. Yeah. It's so. not live, but it's for the most part live. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, very, very much. Do you know so. what we mean? Yeah, it's like I don't know what to compare it to. <laughs> like Shrek the Musical. Is that what is that what that's like? No, there's an audience there, but I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I fully expect this to be like you know, throwing flowers and you know, audiences. But you know, interesting. It was a, it was a. In, it was a Canadian television film, so we didn't get it here in the States, I guess. No, it seems like it was locally uh, broadcast. Um, for, it, this was Connery's first North American role. Crazy. Yeah. So, And he was he was going to be Bond the next year. Do you think he had already started filming this? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, back then, what was the turnover rate to uh, get things out, you know? Well, I'm sure different based on productions. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like this maybe like a month later came out. I don't know. So this this came out in five parts, broadcast by the Canadian Broadcasting. Uh, let's get this right. 
Canadian, Broadca- Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Excuse me. So it was in five parts on November 30th, December 5th. Oh, I'm saying it like an American. Excuse me. The 30th of November, the 5th of December, the 7th of December, the 12th of December, and the 14th of December in 61, then re-edited into a 90-minute single episode in 62 as part of their festival series. This is according to Wikipedia. Okay. So, I, I can you imagine watching this in, in like, 15-minute chunks? Gracious. Like, 17-minute chunks? Like the Snyder Wh- Cut. Where <laughs> the cuts are, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So in my, and you gotta I, wait like what, like a couple of weeks or a month or so? so. Well, it looks like you got a week, two days, five days, two days. It's not too bad. Yeah. So yeah, kind of nice. Like That's a weird interval. Plans your week, I guess. What if you forgot? Well, it happened in that week. <laughs> no recap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't have a recap for us. What happened to Macbeth last week? Previously oh. on Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> I, Macbeth, you can't go take revenge on those drug dealers that killed your family. I, it's my, the only thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Macbeth, Macbeth faces Macduff, and they share a beer. <laughs> anyway, um, so Tragic. I'm totally the the. I I feel like we should approach this as I was. As I was listening to uh, uh, different analysis videos of uh, essay videos of of Macbeth today, because I, I wanted to, I I know the story of Macbeth, and I don't. You don't. Has, was this your first exposure to Macbeth? I think so. Yeah, yeah. because like uh, you know, you setting me those things were kind of helpful. I don't want to watch the hour or so long one just because. I had to watch this first to get prepped for tonight. And uh, I kind of watched the funny hood version, you kind of said, of like, yo, Macbeth was tripping. Thug, thug Notes. That thug was, Notes. I, shout out to Thug Notes. I watched, or I list, I do a lot of listening on YouTube. I listened to like 30 of your videos today. Those are great. So funny. But yeah. But so, also incredibly informative. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's like the, that's the biggest issue you know, going into this is like, yeah, I didn't know much about Macbeth, but like, yeah, it's just because the quality that we're able to find this in as well, found on YouTube. Super and low quality. So it's like, it's very hard to watch. And YouTube closed captions tried as hard as it could yeah. to like get me through the dialogue. And the audio um, is not all that great. Yeah. So like, I mean, I had headphones on. No, I was. I, I I'm okay, sure there but... does not exist a Ford. Not 4K. I'm sure there does not exist even a like DVD quality copy of this. You know, what yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm sure that is the best quality that exists. In I the think world. so. Yeah. So like, yeah, you, you really had to. Yeah. So I, I found myself kind of having a tough time watching this just because of that, and it's just like you know, you know, if there was someone else of of a notable actor that I might have missed, I could never have identified them because it was so grainy. And mm. I tried to like make it as small as possible to make it as clear as possible. And that didn't help either. So it was a, it's a tough watch that way, but I don't think it took away from uh, Connery's performance. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about afterwards. Um, Did you enjoy but, the story? Did you understand the story? 
I, I, I think I, no, yeah. I don't mean that to sound demeaning at all. I just no, mean that I, because I Shakespeare can be a hurdle for people. That's no, th- and I am by no means a Shakespeare scholar at all, but I enjoy the works of Shakespeare. Yeah, and no, have been that, exposed to a lot of it. The breakdown you sent me made more sense because then I actually was like, okay, this scene makes more sense because it's very you know Shakespearean. You know, it is Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> talking. It is literally Shakespearean. Where it's like, you know, you just. The way, the, to... the way of of speaking is very like, okay, you know, I'm sure whatever he's doing is brilliant here, but it's hard for me to grasp it. What was your exposure to Shakespeare through your life? Uh, I remember, like, I think we may have read a couple of pages of a Shakespeare play in school. That's it? That's all you were exposed to? That's all I can really remember. I was exposed to a lot of Shakespeare in high school. I was not. It was, it's, it was interesting, like, just... You know, we went to very different schools, I guess. I, which, liter- which I literally went to an arts school. <laughs> oh, so okay. and, and we were right next to a theater, and every production that the theater would do, we would go see it for free before it opened because really? they would run their dress rehearsals on us. Yeah. Yeah, I truly cannot, like, name many Shakespeare things because I'm just, like, I was never really exposed to it. I never had any, like, desire to go after it you know but it's he's his works are some of the greatest for a reason yeah uh with and say, i'm sure we see it in everyday film as well i'm sure there's a lot of shakespeare i'm sure um inspired many um things uh, what is uh she's the man is a shakespeare play the is amanda it? Bynes movie yeah is um, it really yeah that's that's on uh netflix 12th night uh-huh. That's what, yeah. So, like, there's adaptations of Shakespeare's work everywhere. And, in fact, I, I can talk about um, one of my favorite adaptations of Macbeth is a film called Scotland, PA. I've seen it twice, um, and I want to see it a third time uh, after this now. Scotland, PA. Uh, it, it is an adaptation of Macbeth set in, like, 1974 or something. Um, and it is... Folks, do we need to go through the plot of Macbeth? Let's. Let, I'll just read the. I'll, just, I'll give you this, the Wikipedia synopsis. The Scottish Lord Macbeth chooses evil as the way to fulfill his ambition for power. He commits regicide to become king, and then furthers his moral descent with a reign of murderous terror to stay in power, eventually plunging the country into civil war. In the end, he loses everything that gives meaning and purpose to his life before losing his life itself. Which truly, uh, is that the first time we've seen Sean Connery do this in the movie? What? Our very first episode. Man Who Would Be King. That... Mario, my literal first note. Look at it. Look at it. Uh, The Man Who Would Be King (laughs) 2. (laughs) <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the, it is exactly the man who would be king. Yeah. Um, Second time, uh, third, fourth. How many times have we seen him in a crown? And, yeah. So, man who CB would be king. in the crown. Uh, three. Man who would be king. What else? First night. First night. What uh, else? Would the green knight count? 
That's not really a crown. He's got a headpiece. That's a headpiece. Uh, crown. Oh, it's like antlers or something, isn't it? That's a crown. I guess. I'm sure it'll come to us mm. later on. We'll insert it here if we forgot. Um, yeah, if we remember between now and my editing of this episode. Mark it. Get to see him in a. I, I, I like the crown. I, I like the imagery in this. Yes, in my this. literal next note is the crown, yeah. which uh, we'll pull up an image of here. One also, by, I so by, looking one. at that, by the way, are those all your notes? Yeah, that's it. Those wow. are all my notes. Uh, there we go. There's that amazing crown. <laughs> yes. And be thou joker. And the bat hath flown his cloistered flight. Ere to black Hecate summons the sharp-boned beetle with his drowsy hums hath rung night's yawning peal. There shall be done a deed of dreadful note. What's to be done? Be innocent of the knowledge, dearest Chuck, till thou applaud the deed. Come, sealing night. Scarf up the tender eye of pitiful day. And with thy bloody and invisible hand, cancel and tear to pieces this great bond which keeps me pale. You know what I come to appreciate now? Seeing... Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So it, it shows how early it started. Like, he has very specific, like, just little, little gestures in his face that always... that. Like now, seeing these movies every week, I see more of where it's like even just him reacting to something. He'll have like a small grin, but then slowly like change it. It's like then the mood has changed, and then like out just the way he morphs his face is very interesting, and especially in this where there's a lot of like the cameras in his face and just. The things he does with his face are like you might overlook with anyone else, but like he just really is putting all the effort in. So, just rewatching this scene specifically, you can see. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it again, but muted, and watch watch his eyes because he conveys so he's already. He's committed this horrible deed, and he is—he's just plotting more murders now. And you can see in his eyes, he's going insane. And now he's—he's he's reveling in that future that's his. And his wife is now who put these murderous intents in him. His wife is now questioning: Are you you really gonna do more horrible things? And he's basically going silence. I don't question me. I know what I'm doing. Look at the madness in his eyes that he's conveying. And and yet that like instant humility and he he's recognizing that he's flaw there there is his little it, that's oh, this is the beauty of Shakespeare I'm not doing any justice to any of this I wish that I had time enough to reach out to one of the actors that used to um, be at that theater that I would go to next to my school at the GAM Theater. Everyone should go visit the GAM Theater, and I need to go visit the GAM Theater to watch their um, uh, production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf before it ends, um, because the cast is phenomenal. Um, uh, I should have hit up Tony Estrella and had him come on this podcast. 
and uh, he could really give us the uh, give us a, a good podcast about Macbeth. Um, yeah, better than what I could do. Cause there, like it's, it's yes, it's, I, it's, I can't it's so do this hard. any justice. It's yeah, same like and like and we're like on different sides of the coin here because you like you have watched Macbeth and I'm just like. I watched it because Connery was, you know what I mean? Oh, 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 my earlier point of Scotland, PA. Now that we've covered the whole plot, Scotland, PA, set in like 1974, I think, and it takes place at a, uh, at Duncan's Cafe, and... America runs on Duncan. We're not bad people, Mike. We're just underachievers that have to make up for lost time. Mr. and Mrs. Macbeth? I'm working the case. Oh, great. I've been a little paranoid lately. Are you on drugs? And Mac and his wife. Mac has the idea. Um, the the witches are hippies. Uh, one of them was played by Andy Dick. Uh, they're like, um, they're weird, like supernatural hippies. And they tell him to. They tell him that the way of the future is drive-throughs. <laughs> So he gives that idea to the boss. He's like, the way I'm, I might be getting some of this wrong, but you know, the way the future is drive-throughs. And he's like, nah. But and then he takes the idea and implements it anyway. So they, mur- I believe, they murder him by, by <laughs> dunking his head in the fryer. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I, it's pretty. Mora Tierney plays his wife. Um, it's, uh, I forget what the analogies are for. I forget what her name is. Um, and then you got you know Donald instead of Donald Bain and Malcolm and um, it it's really good. It's like it's got all the the music is all like Bad Company ooh and Free I think okay uh, all Paul Rogers music. Um, I said that weird Paul Paul Rogers Poirot Poirot. Yeah, really good for Christopher Watkins in it. It's what? as as the detective that comes to solve the murder. It's <laughs> it's a really good adaptation of Macbeth that I had fun and I was shown in high school so that we would appreciate Macbeth more because it helps it, to have a modern kind of analogy. That's why I sent you that Thug video, Thug Notes video. Um, but I mean, that's why Muppets Christmas Carol works and stuff <laughs> well, like that. You know what I mean? Christmas Carol is granted. Dickens is a a dense writer, for sure. And we read Dickens in high school. We read Great Expectations, and that is a another dense kind of. It's it's a tough read, but it's not Shakespearean in terms yeah. of language. Like you can you can process it pretty quickly. Yeah, but you enjoy it more when you see Michael Caine hanging out with Muppets. That's you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, if they did a Muppets Macbeth, I would love that shit, man. Oh, my God. And Michael Caine's All Macbeth. Right. So let's cast Muppets Macbeth now. Um, You're going to see the cat cast. Yeah, uh, here's the cast. All right, so Macbeth is, is Kermit, and then Lady Macbeth no, I th- I think it'd be funny if it was, is Miss Piggy. No, I, I think it'd be funny if if Macbeth stayed a human and it was like Michael Caine or something like that. Oh, Or right. Daniel Craig. Yep, yep. Daniel Craig as Macbeth. Yeah. And then and Lady who, Macbeth would still be Miss Piggy. Okay. And then um, uh, McDuff would be like Gonzo or something. Okay. Um, so that comes down to so are we killing Kermit? 
because uh, so we have, have to ki- we have king? to kill Banquo, we have to kill King Duncan, we have to kill Lady Macduff. Have Duncan King Duncan be like Swedish chef, and they kill him. <laughs> Oh my god. The Craig killing. That'd be hilarious. Be quiet. <laughs> I can't understand what you're saying. You ever notice that uh um that Swedish chef has human hands? Go back and watch watch him. He, sometime later on they gave him like gloves, like Muppet hands, but he has human hands. Fun fact. I'm sorry if I ruined your childhood, but... I'll never be able to masturbate again. <laughs> Swedish Chef will help you, though, with his hands. We do more to heat over. I haven't watched Muppets in so long. I love the Muppets. Did you see that edit of the Knives Out trailer? Yeah, and I want... People want it to be real now. They want uh, to do, like, a spinoff thing. It so should be. That so should be the next Knives it's Out It's so funny. Yeah. Anything with the Muppets, like, I, I, I love the Muppets. I, like... Uh, they had the new, which maybe you'd enjoy. It's like, um, like remember the house band from Muppet Show? It was yeah. like the uh, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. They came out with like a show. This was fun. It's like some music, musicians show up and stuff, and they'll play like their original music, but then they'll like, they cover like the Beatles, I think, at some point, other songs. Uh, kit, they, they do rock and roll all night. Uh, like, I love that. And like all, all the Muppets stuff, like Treasure Island. Uh, Christmas Carol, which we mentioned, everything's more fun with Muppets. So I'm shocked we haven't had a Macbeth Muppets. Thinking that's bigger. <laughs> Big. I would love to see a Macbeth Muppets. However, play it entirely straight, like not for comedy. Like all the Muppets do their thing that they normally do, but it's like it's played one thousand percent straight. Yeah, they could do it. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to see Daniel Craig doing that same scene. I would love to see Daniel Craig as Macbeth. Speaking of, should we talk about some of the other Macbeth adaptations that have come out recently? Well, you're going to talk about it because I'm not sure what they are. Okay. Well, there's the two that I've researched and I really, really want to watch are the 2015 one starring Michael Fassbender. And Marion Cotillard. Cotillard? Forgive me. Um, punch in the correct pronunciation. Marion Cotillard. Punch. <laughs> um, and the, the one from last year, with uh, directed by Joel Cohen, with uh, Denzel Washington as Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. Oh. Yeah. These are films. Yes. The they both look visually stunning. Wow. Yeah, and I would love to see this played out to its like fullest theatrical extent. You know mm. what I mean? Like, because re- this was contained to one set, for which they utilized incredibly well. Um. It's that one like kind of wall they had there. Or... That one massive door that you had to. Reach up to, <laughs> yeah, to open, <laughs> to basically pop your arm out of its socket. Feel like a rug rat, like the, when the baby's trying to escape the, the freaking house, and they would like have to grab the fucking doorknob. 
But yeah, it was like, yeah, very, like, it, it felt very big. But I wish like I could see the actual full size of the room. It was probably the smallest room ever. No, that seems like it was a pretty big room. What was it? R- room. room. People, people always take issues with the way I say room. Room. Yeah, you say room. Room. Um. <laughs> room. Um. <laughs> so, what I will, uh, I'll just cover the rest of my notes. Being king looks boring. Especially <laughs> that kingdom. Like, holy shit. Just sit on one block of a, <laughs> of a throne, which also works as a great hiding place for young Fleons. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how I feel about the, the Game of Thrones throne because even that it one, looks it, so uncomfortable. It's like a giant, like it's all swords and stuff. Well, like that's is that the point? It's like they're supposed to like the point a like, like they're supposed to be like uncomfortable or something like that, like die on the throne or something like that. I forgot the fucking background. Uh, it, it put a cushion on. It's the amazing thing. how much uh, you forget about a series when it ends poorly. Mm. If Breaking Bad ended badly, we wouldn't remember it very fondly, would we? Yeah. yeah. It was still a masterpiece as it was going along, but like the ending. I mean, also, Game of Thrones ran pretty fucking long. Yeah, it went too long. Way fucking long. Actually, it was funny. But it was also so massive of a story. Yeah, it's it's like Walking Dead. Someone just tweeted out because they have a new series or whatever, a movie. I think it was supposed to be a movie. Rick Grimes is like coming back with Michonne, and someone retweeted like, the tweet was like, we've been wishing for this for so long. And then they were like, I wish this ended at season three, you know? Yeah, I wish this ended back in 2005. When when when, the need- <laughs> when, when it started. Yeah. It started in 2010 or something. Yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. Like, after the Negan stuff, when Negan came in, that's when the show got crazy. Good? Like, you know, that, that, the Negan season of them fr- finally confronting him and, like, moving on, like, the the big thing that happens in the comics happened on screen. And then they started moving forward. I was like, okay. Is that the baseball bat scene? Yeah, like, the him killing... You've read the books? Yeah. I, no, not all of them. I read the first. So I won't spoil that for you, I I know. I, you don't, I don't care. Well, the, the character Glenn, spoilers for Walking Dead, folks. Spoil for Walking Dead, Glenn, who yeah, does he gets get his eye popped out. I yeah, see that. it happens just like it does in the, in the comic panel, which I I appreciated. Um, and then they moved. I rub my eyes now. <laughs> You're just thinking about your eye getting popped out. Uh, but yeah, it was it was like good, but then it just start then like, and they captured Negan, which happens in the books and all that. Other things like you know they don't do everything exactly like the comics, but I've seen some clips of it was just like here and there. I saw that there's like a dude that wears a zombie face, like he's in Slipknot. Yeah, like that's like the uh, yeah. They're I think they're in the book. Yeah, they're in the books too later on. But it's like yeah, after that I was like, this should have caught Negan, and then we, we move on. Now it's like Daryl's in fucking London or something. It's like a New York spinoff where Negan's he's a good guy now, and it's just like. This used to be fun. It's not fun anymore. Hmm. So yeah, it's like so something like Breaking Bad just kind of ended perfectly. It was long enough. It's welcome. We had we had El, we had El Camino and dude, and then Better, finish Call, Better Call Saul. Better if you Call haven't. Saul. Have you have not finished it? I, I saw my my dude, my, my ever growing list of things. It is a masterpiece. The ending. They cut the last season in half due to a n- number of reasons 
one of which was Bob Odenkirk had a heart attack, and there were a lot of other That's things. That's right, yeah. But and COVID, that. but they the cliffhanger that they end on for the middle of the last season is some of the greatest television writing I've ever seen. Mm. How many seasons are there? Six. Six altogether. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Just phenomenal. Yeah. Did you see the chicanery episode? I think I, I think I just watched the first season when oh. it was on TV. Okay. There's an episode that's like smack in the middle of the show. It's called Chicanery. It's in the middle of season three. It is pure theater. It, for the most part, like 80% of the episode takes place in one courtroom. It's some of the greatest writing you'll ever see, ever. Really? Phenomenal. And then performances on top of it. Just, holy, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, it's it's masterful. Along with just one long shot for like four minutes of Michael McKeon delivering a monologue as he goes insane. Wow. Like. Yeah, I think I'm in mood for that. I think I'm gonna. That's the next me and Alicia show to watch together because a masterpiece. We never get to watch because she watches a lot. I just I don't have the time for TV lately. It's just like I never have time for it. But got I, other things you got to work. Yeah, but I want to like see if I can at least dedicate myself to like a couple episodes a night if I can, mm. instead of falling asleep to Transformers movies. I mean, you can finish in under a year if you watch one episode a night. Yeah. Because when I did Breaking Bad, I didn't do Breaking Bad when it came on TV. I waited until everything came out on Netflix. And I watched it mm. all. It, I think I watched the entire, the entirety of Breaking Bad in two weeks. Damn. I remember getting on that train in college, and it was by season three. So I binged all of those three seasons and then watched season four live onward. Yeah, I watched it. I think, I think the last season was going to drop on Netflix like soon. Or something, or I think it was. I think the the finale was about to happen, and people were like, "You're not watching that show." That was 11 years ago. Yeah, insane. Yeah, I remember the night <laughs> vividly, even though we were all super stoned. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, Mick anyway, Beth. Speaking Mick of, Beth, of uh, let's, let's get back to which. Beth, honestly, Breaking Bad has a lot of shades of Macbeth in it. You know, it it sure. is. Got shades of people everything. encouraging people's evil in different ways. This this is one of the all time great stories. I feel like yeah. And you know while it, while it has things that we can't relate to so much like thanes and 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 kings and queens and such, its themes are pretty universal. It's is about how easily we can be tricked how easily we can give in to superstition give in to bullying give in to our wants and desires give in to our impulses um, give in to regret and guilt and and where all these bad things can take us just based on poor decision making and misplaced desires. I really liked learning, or, or or at least 
tackling the Shakespeare plays that we did in in high school. My brother was in the theater program in the same high school. Uh, he was in a version of Twelfth Night where he plays Titania, the drag queen, oh. and he is in full drag, and it was a delight. Nice. And he, 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 he stole the show, stole the whole show, whole, stole the whole show. Um, <clears throat> It's the Shakespearean dialogue has a lot in common with quality hip hop because I feel like in a really, really good hip hop song with really quality lyrics, you can take one lyric and unpack it into so many different things. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. A good hip hop lyric, not, not in all cases, but some of the best hip hop lyrics are giant sentiments of thought condensed into like 12 bouncy syllables. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Shakespeare is. It's an iambic pentameter. It's in counts of of ba 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 ba. Iambic pentameter, a line of verse with 5 metrical feet each consisting of one short or unstressed syllable followed by one long or stressed syllable. For example, two households both alike in dignity. Two households, both alike in dignity. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's. It packs. Take just take that sentence. That's. Do you know what play that's from? No. That's Romeo and Juliet. There it is. So just take that that line of ten. And I, by no means am I a Shakespearean scholar. I am just enjoying discussing it. You can do that with literally every line of Shakespearean dialogue. It's a little, you know, when you you know when you take a folder and you right click on it and you compress it. That's what it's doing. You know what I mean? It can, mm. You've you've got it compressed into this beautiful package that that somehow rhymes, even though the rhyme is never usually the stressed part. Did you notice that? It's sometimes it will rhyme and sometimes it won't, but it yeah. all, almost always rhymes. Like four out of five times, it will rhyme. It just does not stress. Like the rhyme does not fall on the 10. You know what I mean? It, it might fall on the three and then appear in the two on the next line. You know what I mean? Mm. And if you read it, you'd be like, oh, that rhymes with that. But it's just not like a song, you know what I mean? It there's there's just something magical about it and hypnotizing. And when I was watching this last night, I started this at ten thirty and didn't finish it till midnight. But I was just hypnotized the whole way through because if you can just kind of get yourself into that headspace where you you can't go into it of like well I don't understand it so I'm just not gonna don't like just latch on where you can you know what I mean like pick up oh I got this here I, okay that mean I okay okay I can I'm using this as a key now and it's and more will come in and more comes in and, and eventually you're just kind of you know what I mean you, like rain like uh, drop here a drop there drop there drop there and you're like oh I'm dry but i'm mostly wet and then eventually you're you're just entirely soaked you know what i mean it 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 makes sense 
after uh, after a little bit. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Forgive me if I'm rambling. It's just uh, there's I, a I beauty to it. I wish I could have your brain for a week. To see I, what I, I wish you could too. Just to see what damage I could do for a week. Oh God, no! What you want to fuck my brain up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to like I don't know. Just write shit and think about things. I don't know. Just like it's, it's like it's a cool. That's a cool. Do you want to come to the gym with me, Mario? <laughs> Let's go running. Yeah, we'll just have these conversations on a treadmill. Yeah. I'm over here dying of breath. So how about this, man? The stink of water and you're did, wet. Did you ever, wet. like, when you were a kid, did you ever, like, look through your own eyes but then think, like, you look at an adult and then you'd be like, what if I was seeing things through their eyes? I'd be their height. I would see things from their perspective. What would it be like? And be like, <gasps> shut, shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> keep watching the... The Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfers on TV, please. That would be cool if that was on. I, my gym has a cinema. Yeah, you, yeah, you always tell me there's like a, I a always, weird I'll thing I'll always like send you clips of Some, something photo. on. Last time I was in, the family was on, you know? Yeah, that's how... Fast that's, and Furious. That's how uh, Lee's, Alicia's bar is, like the um, Elks. Um, They've got workout machines with a like, movie no. gear. Basic. It's, it's a bit of a workout, lifting the, lifting the glasses. But there's, <laughs> there's three TVs, and one is like, like, depending on what the season is, if it's football, then there's like maybe hockey, and then the third one always has like maybe a movie channel on, mm. and it's always like the most random movie. It'll be like, I think Silver Surfers one on one day. And I'm like, all right, let's watch this. This on- seems like it's the exact opposite of what I'm talking about. Because here people are like actively getting healthy, and there's a theme to the month. Like this move, this month is a lot of romance movies. Oh yeah, and films that have like pink characters. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. We get that too. Like this was like a while ago that Fantastic Four showed up. Like the other day was like we can't lo- stop talking about Fantastic Four with the news. I love Fantastic. I'm Four. pregnant. <laughs> but like it's, yeah, it's quadruplets. Quadruplets, and one of them's a rock monster, Whoa. and one's on fire. <laughs> That'd be crazy. You can't see one of them. So technically, I have three kids. Um, but yeah, what was the point I was making? That the bar has the Elks Club has random movies on sometimes. Yeah. Oh, like, you want my brain for a week? And I want your brain for a week, so I can watch those movies again while consuming alcohol because you don't drink. I don't drink. Why so, would you do that to my brain? Don't see, take my brain and do that. I, I want to see what it does. Don't do that. It, honestly. You know what's going to happen? You're just going to spend the night throwing up. Probably. Yeah, I do not handle alcohol well at all. The last but I would have your brain, not your stomach. I'd have my stomach in your brain. I'd be yeah, unstoppable. But, yeah, like Modoc. Where's your um, equilibrium come from? I guess, but, what, yeah, but I don't know. Your brain. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, and when I drink, my equilibrium gets thrown off big time. Oh, shit. Yeah, the last time I drank, like, Anything like real, like I've had a shot here and there. Do you never get anything to drink when you go to like the parlor? Water, you just get water. Yeah, if if a group of friends is there and those friends mean a lot to me, I will do a shot. If they're doing a shot, I will do one shot and I can handle that literally no problem. It doesn't do anything to me, I, I feel it, but it doesn't do anything to me. Uh. The last time I drank. Really, I had one and a half Irish cream 
drinks? Was that what that's? What's oh, like it? an Irish coffee or like no, a, like a Bailey's Irish cream? Is that what that is? Oh yeah, like yeah, it could be Irish. Yeah, it's, it's multiple multiple things you can do. Irish car even, bomb or Irish. I don't even remember. I have to ask Nicole because. So we were in New Jersey for my brother's college graduation. We were staying at a hotel, and uh, we all had drinks at the bar, and then. Nicole and I go up to my room. I can't finish it, so I give it to my uncle. And we go up to my room, or our room, excuse me, and go to sleep, no issue. I wake up in the middle of the night, vomiting my brains out. Shit. It was not fun. Sorry, folks, that's not, we can cut that. Bailey's is tough. It depends, yeah, I could see certain but, booze really And I, Yeah, I realized that, that was, yeah, go thick on the cream and such. And yeah. It's a thick drink, but. Sweet. It's too much, yeah. But I just do. didn't handle it well. Like, anytime I drink, I just don't like the f- way I feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's where I kind of get to that point, too. But I'm going to – I just drink margaritas now, and I feel better. Because mm. well, my issue is beer. Beer is the worst for you. Beer is garbage for you. And you like beer? I do. I love beer. Ugh, but like, terrible. It's just like – I'm not judging you for it. It's just, but I, I no, can't I'm stand at, beer. But no, I'm at the point now where I don't like beer as much. Like if I go to the bar, if I have limited – I'll, I'll do a blue moon. Blue moon standing um, You with, saw me standing alone. With a little orange slice in there. It's, it's more well, like light, you know? But I love margaritas. Do you ever have a good margarita? No. Might change your life. I've never had a a good alcoholic drink. Uh, yeah, where I'm like, like, oh, this is tasty. I like the taste of this. Oh, you need a margarita. Like, there's Nicole's made some drinks where I'm like, this tastes like there's a good taste there, but then it's ruined by alcohol. You know what I mean? You can always, then, yeah. I mean, there's non-alcoholic. There's virgin versions. Yeah, and which are nice. But then it's always got something that's like faux alcohol that ruins the taste. Like, just make that fruity drink. And leave out any trace of anything. Shirley Temple. Uh, no, yeah, what's yeah. that like? Tomato juice? No, it's like um, what is it? It's uh, grenadine. It's 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 like a cherry drink. It's mm. like nice, it's like juice, mm. and it's not alcoholic. Hmm. Next time you go to like if you're at a bar, just be like, let me get a Shirley Temple, and then I'll give you one. And you'd be like, oh shit, it's pretty good. They probably make it at the parlor. Ask sure next time I go to the bar. <laughs> I go to a like a biker bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Weenie Hut, like Junior. It's like it's like going to a biker bar. How tough are you? Or or my my favorite throwaway line of Inspector Gadget Two with uh, is that French, French Stewart? Stewart, where he goes to a biker bar undercover. He's like an eye patch on. He's like a fucking pink mustache, and it's like he's going to the bar. It's like and the bartender comes. And it's like it's like all right, what do you want? It's like I'll take a glass of milk. And he's like what? He's like, oh, sorry, chocolate milk. <laughs> and they make him a chocolate milk, which is the funniest part. And he's drinking it at the bar. It's hilarious. But anyways, we've gone so off topic. Yeah, yeah it's Macbeth is one of the most covered things of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it it is. As I, said, I think it's one of the greatest stories ever. Yeah. I appreciate it after seeing this. I appreciate it. Did did the condensed version of the story help you told in modern terms did that help you absolutely yeah. yeah because again it was it was kind of hard you know it's not not even just the dialogue it's just like again it's just the quality of how we had to watch this so i think in the future 
I will see some of those Macbeths you were talking about. The Denzel one sounds intriguing to it, me. That looks phenomenal. You know, it has gotten all kinds of film awards, and it's by one of the Coen brothers. So, so it's uh-oh. and it's Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Like it's gonna be phenomenal. It's filmed in black and white. It's oh, wow. Uh, speaking of, this is our third black and white thing in a row. Yeah, we had yeah we had two black and white movies in a row because yeah. we had last week was um, uh, another time, another, another place, time, another and then Bowler in the Bonnet. I bet next week we're gonna spin oh, on the fiddle or something. Oh jeez, yeah, <laughs> uh, we need some color in our lives. Yeah. Come on. Um. So. Yeah, I I I would recommend reading. Because we read Ham, uh, uh, I was about to say Hamlet. We read, we read Hamlet too. We read Macbeth in school, and reading it, there's, there's obviously a difference between reading it and performing. Because you can go at your own pace, you can break down every sentence, you know what I mean, and just really like take it apart. But then once it's in motion, there is like a, there's such a beautiful hypnotic fluidity to it, uh. and we we saw multiple. Shakespearean Shakespeare plays, excuse me, at the GAM when we were in school there and never Macbeth. Oh, here's another good adaptation of Macbeth. Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood. Oh. Yes. Done in feudal Japan. Oh. It is visually terrifying. Like, it's just in terms of the landscapes and the cinematography and the the architecture and um, the... So did you understand what was happening at the end with the... With ultimately what was to... Do you, did you understand the witches, what they were predicting? Because that's really the crux of the whole drive of... of of the events of the play is is the predictions of these witches. Like that, ultimately, it was like gonna be the end of him, or like, I'm not sure. You want? I can like break break it down, yeah, man. You I know? don't. I don't mean any of this like to be insulting. No, in any I, way. I'm, like, t- I'm, I'm telling you guys straight up. Like I don't like. I'm not a Shakespeare person. I'm. Just, I just. I'm just not. So the the witches when they come across them in the first act, they tell. Macbeth, Macbeth and Banquo. Uh, Macbeth, you're going to be Thane eventually to be king. So you're gonna you're gonna get a promotion, and you're gonna get another promotion, and you're eventually gonna be king. And Banquo, your kids are gonna, your descendants are gonna go on to be king. And they're freaked out, but Banquo is not superstitious, so he doesn't really take it to much heart. Macbeth is letting the superstition get to him, and then at, they're returning from battle, and as they return from battle, it's basically like, hey, Macbeth, you got a promotion. Oh. They were right. And then it happens again. Oh. These witches are honest. I'm going to write my wife and tell her about it. Isn't this weird? We ran into these witches, and they made these predictions, and starting to come come true. Isn't that weird? Making sure it's still recording here. We're good. And she reads that, and 
she dives even deeper into that superstition and goes, well, the next logical step, we're going to kill that king. You you be the king, you know what I mean? And get rid of his heirs. And, and he almost doesn't want to do that because he's like, this king has been good to me. And she, Lady Macbeth, indulges his... She insults his masculinity. Uh, did you catch the line? You're filled with the milk of human kindness. Yeah. <laughs> you, you little bitch. You don't want to go kill him, you little, little bitch. <laughs> you know, you're just you're too soft, aren't you? Um, and plays at his ego, and it's he, they get they get the guards drunk, they kill the king, uh, he kills the king. And immediately is questioning what he's doing. So much so that he comes down with the knife. And she's like, what the... You were supposed to leave that on the guards that we got drunk. We're blaming them, remember? And she takes it and puts it on the guards. And even, like, goes so far as to, like, smear the king's blood on them. And so she has blood all over her hands. She washes them off. And then that leads to the the sleepwalking scene where she comes down. She's trying to get the blood off of her hands. Why is she holding a candle? It's because she can't sleep in the dark anymore because of the fucked up things she did in the cover of darkness. Mm. You know, like there's some beautiful themes in this in this play. And then as so Macbeth is now king and he wants to reaffirm he's starting to go a bit mad with power. He's already he's okay, well, I'm gonna do anything to hold on to this so he has, sends for Macduff's family to be killed that's the the woman and the the two the baby is killed and then the young boy runs yeah. off oh no the boy is killed I'm sorry um, uh, and then you have Macduff and um, oh no I'm sorry Banquo and his son Fleance and Banquo is murdered and, and uh Macbeth pays for the assassins to go murder Banquo, and later that night at his party, he literally sees the ghost of Banquo sitting in his seat. It's it's guilt haunting him, but he goes back he, to affirm that he is in the right, and he is he wants to stay king and retain this power, and he wants to make sure he's on the right path. He he visits the witches again. He's like, no one's stopping me, right? And the witch is like, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry. No one can stop you unless the forest comes to life. And Macbeth's like, that that can't happen. Don't I'm 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 in the clear. And the witches go, Yeah, yeah. You can't be beaten in combat by any man unless that man was not born of woman. And Macbeth goes, Well, every every man was born of a woman, so I'm in the clear. No one can kill me. And then we get Two twists. So at the end, they, they don't show it because of the limited budget. So that's why I was asking if you understood what was happening at the end. So they, when Connery is panicking, when Macbeth is panicking and going, send for my armor, you know, and he's, he's telling people, I'll hang you from the trees. Forgive me that I can't recite any of these lines verbatim. But what is happening is that Macduff's army has cut down branches from the trees to use as cover as they advance towards Macbeth's castle. So the so trees have come to the life. The trees are moving and coming to life and walking towards him. And then when Macduff finally confronts Macbeth for murdering his family, though Macduff is arguably uh, 
problematic of his own because he abandoned his family. He ran away in fear of Macbeth and abandons his family, but which leads to their death because they're unprotected. But it sets up him going to murder Macbeth, and as they're dueling, Macbeth is like, you can't kill me, dude. No one can kill me because the only person that kill me that can kill me is someone who wasn't woman born. And uh, Macduff well, my goes, mom had a C-section. Surprise, bitch. Yeah. I a, my mom had a C-section. Cuts his head off. Heavy. Anyway. So, yeah, um, and it's really well done in Throne of Blood, mm. where uh, it's done with arrows. Ooh. A beautiful uh, scene of him being shot by arrows. It's really, really incredibly done. Damn. Haunting imagery in that film. Damn. Um, the, wit- the three witches are replaced by one witch and it's so scary (laughs) nice um so yeah i apologize i'm just just getting kind of passionate about this even though i again as i said i can't i'm not well versed in this enough to recite it but the story that it tells like the the little zip file that is unarchived into this rich tapestry of of it's just great hip hop writing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's great lyricism, it's great storytelling told with great lyricism and acted out incredibly by these great actors. So let's let's cover these actors here. Um obviously we have Connery as Macbeth. Heard of him? What was that? I heard of him. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. I think we should do a podcast about him. We should. Uh then we have Zoe Caldwell as Lady Macbeth. Have we seen her in anything else? Medea <laughs> no. Which one? Uh, the ancient Greek tragedy. So she's a, a theater actress. Uh, William Needles as Banquo. Uh, I'm in Needles. Ted follows as Macduff. Well, he follows. You're in Needles. He follows. Robin Gamel as Malcolm. Powis Thomas as King Duncan. These are all theater actors. And Sharon Act- Sharon Acker as Lady Macduff. Oh, she's in Point Blank. The 1967 Point Blank. Hmm. She's in some Star Treks. Oh, she's in an episode of The Incredible Hulk. Whoa. Hey. Also in... Um, it's a Mission Impossible. Yeah, Gunsmoke. Star Trek, you said. You again. Murder, she wrote. Knight Rider? Damn. That's the love boat. So, yeah, she she did some good work. She was good. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we got on IMDb. Same exact description. Nothing, nothing much different. We got the more casts on here. Anything significant to the crew? Hort's Dance. Costume design. Nice. Well, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty stripped down. So do you wanna do you wanna talk about without the grail, what is this? Without the grail. What? Do we need to add this? Is this something new? A TV movie? Without the grail? Do we need to add this to the list? Isn't Agent sent to investigate crazed tea plantation owner 
Michael Horton, who is suspected of running his... Well, we'll look into a trailer and see if we can find it somewhere. Then, yeah. It's 60s Connery. 1960. We're going to leave that tab open. Because that might be... Um, might be something to revisit. Yeah, because he's been in some TV movies and we just didn't... Yeah, so. This is the first one we've added to the list, and I think it was just because we felt it was significant because it was Macbeth. Yeah, so. so he must have some other things hidden that we've, we we have no idea about. Mm. All right, we'll decide later whether we add those to the list. Yeah, but okay. I mean, anything else? Um. Uh, I don't really have much else to discuss about this production. I really like the set. What did you think of the set? Like the, all the angles? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, they, they really utilized that one little set and like, you know, made it seem larger than life. You know, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to, see, what to expect set-wise, but like, you know, from what they had, I thought it was, it made you really focus on the people, not mm. the set. Like there's some distractions there. It's like you're focusing on everybody. Mm. I wish you could have been to that original Gam Theater, which yeah, all right. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna repeat that. It was it's literally right across the street. That's where it was. That oh, little sure. building in between the armory and the, the school. That oh, tiny yeah, yeah. Little, That was the Gam Theater. So oh. we would literally file out of the school <clears throat> and into that theater oh cool and the what a couple of the rooms in the basement were like prop rooms and you know what i mean all stuff like that oh cool yeah Shit. and offices for the theater hell yeah yeah it was and i worked there when i was a kid wow I, um um all right i'll pick it up here because i can talk about that i just didn't want to give away i didn't want to dox myself right i i wish you could have experienced the gam theater because you know we were in this, we're in the same age group. You would have, you were born in ninety. Ninety one. Anyone? Okay, so yeah, you would have been a year ahead of me. So what year did you graduate? Oh nine. Oh, so you would have been two years ahead of me. But either way, you would have been able to be in that school because I was only the third graduating class. So you would have been in the first graduating. Oh class. man, that's okay. Um, been a... And we we just got exposed to so much quality art. And then getting to see every single production in that play in that uh, in that theater um, before it opened, just magic. Yeah, I was, I was the only theater I really was. I, I was kind of very close to theater in high school because I was in the guitar ensemble. So that was like you know, we just did like classical guitar and we do like yeah. little gigs around the area, really? like little art shows and stuff. And we would do like actual like concerts at the school, but next door was the theater kid area, like the like the all the production stuff. So we shared kind of a space, so you'd see everyone come out with, with costume changes and everything, and like getting set up for that that weekend's production and all that. But yeah, it was like a it was like a there was a separation there because it was just like you know the music kids and the theater kids, and both very passionate about what they do, but. I was a little shithead back then, where I was like, you know, me and my friends are sitting there playing Metallica riffs on yeah. our on our on our classical guitars. That is the that is the downside that so many people just didn't appreciate what we had. Yeah, when you get older, you're like, yeah, oh, man, that sure was the best. I mean, I I 
I, I still I learned a lot. I, I learned finger picking back then. You know what I mean? Mm, so like, same. it's 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 a it's a important thing to have. But yeah, yeah but stuff like this, yeah, yeah I, I never really cared for as a uh, as a young man. Mm. But, I I was lucky that I got exposed to it, so I could appreciate it. And like I said, I worked at that theater, so um, yeah. that the one of the actresses in the, in the production company also did the snacks shout out to wendy overly she has since passed away um but she ran overly delicious and she made cookies and treats and such for the theater and uh when when i was in high school my mother helped her with that and then i would help my mother with that so we would work in the theater at at night while the performances were going on and sometimes if the show hadn't sold out I would they would let me because they knew they, everyone knew me so I would just go watch you know this back half of a show after intermission or such you know nice. it was there was it was nice being exposed to so much of it and then my brother was in the theater program so exposed to even more of it and yeah it really gave me an appreciation for how how potent Shakespeare's writing is and and how it really is like some of the holy grail of storytelling and then like acting like you really have to bring your chops to Shakespeare uh-huh. you know what I mean you have to be able to understand those whole giant messages condensed into this flowing iambic pentameter and be able to flawlessly inject your emotion into it and I think Connery did a really good job with with that in that sense um, yeah alright so, yeah I think we could get into our next sections from there I don't know do you have right. anything else you want to say no I mean I think yeah I think it was great I will talk more about you know my true thoughts on everything um, in our rating section but yeah I mean that's all I have to to give to this. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, so, all right. So we just discussed Macbeth, guys. We're going to be moving on to the scoring section where we score the film, Connery himself, but also if the SHs, the sexness rating, and the score of the musical score. And we'll start with the SH. This is 60s Connery, man. It's not there. It's not there. No. Uh, so I, I think I might it might be another. I'm looking at it right now. It's a lot of ones and twos. Uh, I think it's going to go into one category. Mario, I'm going to match you. I think that's a one for me there as well. There it is. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the sexy rating. Uh, not very sexy at all, in my opinion. Connery's not sexy. I think Connery's sexy. He looks yeah, he looks like a million bucks. Yes, because he's got the he's the beard. so chiseled. Yeah. His face looks like his it, jaw. Yeah, that, that jaw. Like it's made of stone. So I, th- I think him alone has a good sexiness rating, but everything else is like, you know, I'm sure this would have been sexier if it was a clearer picture maybe, and mm. I could have appreciated some of the other fine actors in this, but it was just really hard to because mm. visually it was, a little, it was a little challenging. And the costumes don't lend themselves to sexiness either. Yeah, so I mean, I think with that being said, I think Connery holds... 
whatever sexiness this film could have gotten. So I think with that being said, I'm going to give the sexy a four. Ooh, a fantastic okay. four. You know, Mario, I think I'm going to agree with you there as Ooh, well. We're going to give it a four. Yeah, we're matching so far. All right, that moves on to our next one, our musical score. What are you going to give the musical score? Or should I go first? You go first. I really liked the music in this. It was terrifying at times. It was really haunting and creepy and just like just snuck in at times. For a TV low budget thing, it it really went pretty hard and uh in the best of ways. Like it it fit very well and it just made me it gave the story the appropriate sense of dread that it needs. Mm. And I I really like the music. Granted it wasn't mixed very well, but that's you know, that's what you get for the quality of the picture itself. But for the quality of the music, I'm giving it a seven. Okay. How about you, bud? I think I'll go a little under you, and I'm going to say six, because that is, I, I thought that was very good, but, you know, I always judge the music by how memorable it is at the end. If I'm humming the tune at the end, or if I, you know, can remember a specific thing happening in the music, I'm going to give it a pretty high score, but I think I think it's going to be state of six. It's like, it's good for what it was. I agree, not mixed very well, and... Just didn't do a ton for me. Mm. So, but still good. Still good music. So, six. Okay. Now let's move on to the film rating. Ah, uh, the film. I couldn't rate the film last night. Like, I needed to think on it. Yeah. But it's hard for me to separate the quality of the story of Macbeth from this as. Like, it's hard. I'm looking at it, like, objectively, Macbeth is a masterpiece. It's hard for me to look at this, like, subjectively as just, okay, do I think of it as a 1961 Canadian Broadcasting Corporation uh, production? Do How I many... think of it as a Sean Connery film? Do I think of it as an adaptation of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, how many what? How many adaptations have you seen of Macbeth? I have seen Scotland, PA. And I've seen Throne of Blood. All right, where's the rank with those two to you? Well, I haven't seen Scotland PA in about 10 years. Okay. I watched Throne of Blood last year. Throne of Blood is better than this. Throne of Blood is incredible. I'm going to let you borrow Throne of Blood. It's it's phenomenal. Um, This might have to go above Scotland, PA, in okay. my memory, okay. because of Connery's performance. Yeah, but do you feel Connery carried this? No, everyone carried this. Okay. I mean, Macbeth carries the play of Macbeth. Yeah. You'd, you'd hope. Uh, you'd hope sure. he's not a background character. Sure. Um, but I feel like everyone was phenomenal in this. Everyone did a great job. Everyone was. There were all. They were all theater actors. Connery is a theater actor. Like they were bringing their love of the bard to this production, and it could be felt. And yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm meandering. I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's you, Mario. So I think for me. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Connery's phenomenal in this. I think yeah, whole. I think I agree. The whole cast is pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's just like I think just the quality of the movie just turned me off a lot. Mm. But that's not uh, knocking the performance. You know, it is what it is. Um, I, th- I think it's good. And I would like to see other iterations to see how it compares. Uh, but I think with that, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Alrighty. 8.5. One of the things that factored into my rating, which is a thought I forgot to finish earlier, one of the things I, I wish you could ex- experience about the GAM was that the theater itself was so tiny. The stage was pretty tiny, and it was very, very intimate. Like, if you were in the front row, this was how close I was to the actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were this close to each other. Actually, this would be more like the second row. You know what I mean? Like, it was condensed. Wow. And that's one of the things that contributed to my rating of a nine with this is they utilized that space really, really well. It it was a cool set. And watching these actors perform on it and utilize it in different ways is it's one of the beauties of theater, you know? How can you... How minimal can you make something, you know? Yeah. So... Anyway. Now for the big one. Now for the big one. Our Sean rating. You want to go first? I I feel like we're maybe going to be on the same page. Do you want to say it at the same time then? Should we do it? Three, two, one. 9.5. I want nine. All righty. Okay. What was your reason for 9.5? Why not? Why not a perfect ten? Because he's not there yet. Not there yet. He okay. hasn't perfected it yet. You can still kind of see some of the. He's still he's still quite a young man in this one. You know what I mean? Like you can still see some of the. He's still a little green. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know how to describe it. He's just got a little bit of a. You are giving this every. He is. He's giving it everything. But I feel like he's got he, that enthusiasm. He could have pulled it back just a point five. If he had pulled back a point five, it would have been a ten. But he wasn't there yet as an actor. I would have liked to see seventy four Connery in the Man Who Would Be King. I would have liked to see that Connery play Macbeth. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be tremendous. Because that's a Connery who is—he's got fourteen more years of acting. And and years of experience and wisdom and and new d- things to draw upon as an actor. So that's the reason I give it a nine point five. That's the thing keeping him from being a ten is that yeah. he just he's phenomenal as Macbeth. Like he is giving it a ten. Yeah. But he's only reaching a nine point five. You know what I mean? Cause I, I guess you. Yeah. What what made you give him a nine? I I just think he I, he was really good in this, and like I think we talked about it earlier in the show, where it's like just the very little facial things he does, and that we still notice in his acting moving forward. And you know we've truly seen him do almost everything during this show. You know what I mean we've we you know we see him do a little bit of comedy, see him do action. And we see him do dramatic stuff like this. We we see him do Shakespeare. It's mm-hmm. crazy, um, but yeah, I, I, I you know like 
yeah, some, something very special about him. The way the way he enunciates certain things and just mm-hmm. again like that that shot you talk about earlier, him on the throne is the wild eyes you see him like transforming into that like that crazy person. It goes from it goes from planning this madness of of murder to to just a sink back of like. Who have I become? Wait, no, a second. I've, I've got to keep this. Like, he's, he's very good with his eyes. That's yeah. One of, that's my last note is Sean Connery's eyes, the eyes. His, yeah, his eyes are where it all is. Mm. He's, and, he's carrying a lot of this performance with his eyes. Yeah, and that strong jawline. Yes. So. And his, he moves big. He's he's moving in a theater theatrical manner. Where yeah. He's, he's got to make himself bigger for the back row, kind of. Yeah. Um, sorry. For that, yeah. Tremendous, so he get he gets the nine. I have a note you said about the facial movements, as we were just discussing. So um, to bring up the with Gorley and Russ podcast, uh, shout out, shout their out. most recent episode was on the Silence of the Lambs. Nice, I love that movie. Here, let me. Um, sorry, I don't. I don't know why I didn't do this beforehand. All right, good. Forget how foolish of me, but uh, that is one of my all-time favorite films, The Silence of the Lambs. It's an absolute masterpiece, and. It just made me realize I need to revisit the film. And one of the things that they brought up in their episode was this thing that I never really noticed in earlier watches. And you, you've seen the film, yes? Yeah, it's been years, but yeah. So do you I, na- remember- I, na- I named my dog after uh, Clarice Baines. It's Clarice. Your dog isn't Clarice? My my old dog. Oh. I don't think you ever met Clarice. No. Yeah, my, my oh. dog is named after Clarice in wow. that movie. Oh. Fun fact, she's a little miniature pincher. Oh. She's a demon. Wasn't like Precious? The little... It's like, uh... She looks like the Taco Bell dog. Oh, I forget what kind of dog Precious is. Precious? Punch it in. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Anyway, um, so in the scene where Lecter asks about how her father died... And she's recounting it. And Lecter turns away, and it just focuses on his face, looking away from her. He said, after he was shot, did he last? Was it quick? And she said, no, he was strong. He lasted for a month, and he closes his eyes out of empathy. A fucking cannibal closes his eyes out of empathy, but it's like a really good moment. And then in the same shot, uncut away... She says, and my mom had died before that, and he closes his eyes again for longer and then opens them, and he's like, these two little moments of empathy, barely adding up to two seconds. But it made me think upon watching I'm, I, in the Hearing it in the podcast, I'm like, oh, I need to rewatch this movie now for little details like this that other people are picking up on. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, what would Sean Connery be like as Hannibal Lecter? Ooh. He could have done it. He was in the same age group as Hopkins. Yeah, but Hopkins brought something very special to that character. I don't know if Connery would have hit it the same way. It would have been a totally different performance. Oh, I feel. for sure. Completely different. For I feel sure. I feel like it'd be more... Roger Moore. More... Roger Moore is Hannibal Lecter. Imagine that. That'd be crazy. There's yes, multiple, beans. multiple nigs in the next set. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Look deep within yourself. Yeah, we. I don't think we ever get uh, Connery in a horror picture. 
I guess the offense is the closest we get to it. Yeah, I that's guess, a yeah. that's a horror film. Yeah, but yeah, well, like yeah, nothing truly. He would have been interesting as um, what's his name in Halloween instead of Sam uh, Loomis uh, as Loomis imagine, instead of Donald Pleasance. Imagine him as, mm. as Loomis. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Yeah, black stage. <laughs> you pure boy was pure evil. <laughs> get your ashes out of here. Is that what he says? Hey to the there, kids? Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. <laughs> AI, make it happen. I want to see him. Uh, I want to see him as Hamlet Lecter and as Loomis. All right. So shall we um, go over our uh, final? Yes. Whoop! As I knock over my water bottle. All right, because I forgot to put the equation in there. All right, our average SH rating is a one. Our uh, he's not he's not uh, shushing those s's. No shush. Our average sexy rating is a four. He looks damn good, but it's not a it's not a sexy play. It's not a play about sexiness. Our average musical score is a six point five. It's pretty good for a TV movie. Our average film rating is an eight point seven five. This is a pretty damn good adaptation of Macbeth for a TV movie. Pretty damn good. And our average Sean rating is a nine point two five. He is killing it in this movie. Literally and figuratively. It, yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, I guess that wraps up our Macbeth episode. Yeah. Which, and, if uh, only there was only something else we could do before we left. Oh, I know. Why don't we go to wheelofnames.com and spin the Wheel of Curiosities? Well, why don't we do that? To see what we're going to watch next week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Look how tiny it is. And it's a baby one. I am excited. It's my, I, I, you, you, uh, you spun last week, right? You yeah, spun sure. to get Macbeth. It's your turn. Oh boy. Oh, what do you want? What do you want? What do I want? What do you want? What do you want from me? There you go. Oh my god, it's getting so small. That's what she should. Wow, we can fit the whole thing on there. Okay. Um, what do I want to watch? I want to watch Time Bandits. I want to watch. Hunt for Red October. Oh, yes. I want to watch Name of the Rose. I want to watch Highlander 2. Those are what I want. Uh, how about you? What do you want? I, I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to get Red October like late. Yeah. Like right before Sir Billy or something. You know what I mean? You I think fe- it's going to be that late. I feel like... I feel like for some reason it's evading us because I'm like it's like one of those things where I'm like I'm just shocked because it's never hit it, you know. Mm. But I, yeah, I was like fully expecting that to be like really early. Maybe but we'll get it next. Maybe we'll get it today. Hey, speaking of Silence of the Lambs, we get, that's uh, uh, Scott Glenn is in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm still leaning on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as the film I want because I've just been in the mood for an older Connery, which we'll get also in Red October. But mm. I just want to revisit that because, uh, especially when uh, the pictures came up from like my um, bachelor party from the Bond Museum, and they have all kinds of movie cars, and one of the cars they had was the car yeah. from League, and I saw that picture first, and I was like, I can't wait to see that movie again because I know it's not very well received, but now in the mindset we're in now, being such Connery, you know, condosaurs. 
I think we're going to see this. Conosaurus. That's the dinosaur. Conosaurus Rex. (laughs) Rush. (laughs) Um, But but anyways, yeah, I'm really really excited to see that because it's like, you know, in that era of movies that were very, like, it reminds me of, like, the first Hellboy movie Mm, and, like, like that that era Like Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Imagine Connery as Doctor Doom. As the uh, Silver Surfer? As the Silver Surfer. <laughs> Galactus. No, he should have been Galactus. That would have been dope. Look on my big helmet. <laughs> munch, munch, munch. Munch, munch, munch. I must eat more. He would have been a tremendous... Um, I don't know why the Silver Surfer keeps putting holes in these planets. I don't want to fuck them. <laughs> I just want to eat them, please. I don't need a hole in it to eat it. It's not a donut. No, he's, he, he should have been... Um, what do you call it? The Unicron in the Transformers Ooh. movie. It was Orson Welles originally in the cartoon. Okay. That would have been cool if it was Connery. Real quick. Let's cast Connery in both the MCU, but also the Marvel's, Marvel films pre the MCU. So put him in the... If he was alive today, what would he be in the MCU? Yeah. And you can replace someone or you can put him as a new character that we haven't seen yet. Well, they, they did just... Recast Thunderbolt Ross, Ross, yeah, that's what I was thinking as Harrison well. Ford, so it's him. But um, I would have maybe wanted to see what if he's Uncle Ben. Give us the flashback, Scottish of, Uncle Ben. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that's right. I'm so bang- he gave us a British Aunt May in the. In I'm the, banging the Aunt wire. May. <laughs> yeah, there's a British Aunt May. Isn't she British in the Raimi movies? No. Maybe it's just the way Rose she Mary talks. No, I think it's just the way American. she talks. It's, she seems very posh. Hmm. But he, he could work in the Raimi Spider-Man films yeah. as Uncle Ben. But, okay, MCU? For age purposes. Not, so, that, not in the MCU as Uncle Ben. I've been banging Marisha Tomei. <laughs> why, why not? Who wouldn't? Um, I mean, well, who wouldn't bang me, frankly? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Thunderbolt Ross, maybe, but I'm kind of in, interested in seeing Harrison Ford as mm. he you know, <laughs> I want to see if they do Red Hulk because I want to see Red Hulk a CGI like Harrison Ford. I don't care. <laughs> it's like I never took those gamma rays. It wasn't my fault. Where's my pointing. daughter? <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. Um, Tommy Lee Jones yelling at the Hulk. I don't I care. I don't care. I love that movie. I don't care that you're red. Uh, so yeah, Connery MCU, Doctor Doom. In the new, if they do Doctor Doom in a Fantastic Four movie, Doctor Doom. Okay, but an older Doctor Doom. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Connery in pre-MCU. At the Fox universe. Yeah. Um, cable. Okay. <laughs> It'd be Cable. Um, or Juggernaut. Or... Professor Rex. No, no, no. Um, oh, Magneto? No. coming to me. X-Men. You're talking about X-Men? No. <laughs> Stryker. Stryker. Oh, William Stryker. Yes. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, but yeah, that is X-Men. Yes. I'm like, I was, my brain's like, you're running out of, you're running out of time. Jean Grey. My brain was like, I don't even think you have an answer, Dylan. But I'm like, no, no, I do brain. I do. Trust William me. William Stryker. That's yes, a good one. Yeah. Stryker. That's a good Which one. Which is another actor that portrayed Hannibal Lecter, Brian Cox. Yeah. Shit. Manhunter. Well, there you go. Which, have you seen Manhunter? I haven't. Oh, what a trip of a film. 
That's based off the book Red Dragon. Damn. It was made in 88, I think. And it is... It's a it's a Michael Mann film, so it's just like a it's just a fever dream. Yeah. But anyways, we should probably spin this wheel. We should probably spin this wheel. Okay, what do we want? What don't we want? Uh, Give, two each. Two of what we want. Two of what we don't want. Extraordinary gentlemen and um, uh, Presidio. Okay. Two of what you don't want. Uh, never say never again. Another ball. Okay. Um, I don't want lilacs in the spring. And I don't want Thunderball, which we'll cover Never Say Never Again as well. And I want Hunt for Red October and Time Bandits. All right. So All right. D- so, Dylan, it's your turn this week. Oh, my God, Mario. I'm so not ready. Let's get a shuffle in there. You tell me when. When. Oh, my God. All right. So, with it's that time. being said, it is time to spin the... Wheel of Curiosity. It's happening. Oh, my God. It's happening. Oh, my God. You called it. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. LXG. Let's freaking go. Wow. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know why I'm so excited for this movie, man. All right. I've never seen it, and You've I've heard never it's not seen great. It. It's Oh, yeah. You're going to see it. The CGI is crazy, like ridiculous. Is it better or worse than Van Helsing? Oh, Van Helsing? Because I feel like that's like the same flavor of movie. It is. 2003, um, 2004. Yeah, I haven't seen Van Helsing in a while. But I watched Van Helsing like two years ago. I showed Nicole it, and... Uh, I showed it to Nicole, excuse me, and she's like, "This is so fun." It's yeah, it's 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 a it's like it's like James Bond almost. Yeah, it really is. It's like yeah. James Bond in the in the horror movie universe. Yeah, <laughs> or Indiana uh, Jones. Actually, it's more Indi- Indiana more Indiana Jones. Jones yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's got uh, the hat. I thought is it might be on par. Yeah, it, it's a little more ridiculous and. You know, it's just so. I think it's more shocking because Connery's in it. Maybe that's why it's like I don't know. It's been a while. It's like one of those movies that always used to pop up on FX mm. a lot. So I haven't seen it in a bit, but uh, I always see clips of it around and um, pictures. So I'm like, every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to see it again. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So I, yeah, you never you've never I've seen never this. seen it. So that's interesting. It's like. So, yes, it's exciting. It's like as exciting as when I wanted you to watch First Night because I remember you never saw First Night. Before, that was so fun. And then you it's liked like, it. It's not going to be. As it's good not going to. It's not going to be as good as First Night, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's going to be. But like, yeah. But I'm, I am Connery curious to see if it aged well. When was the last time you saw it? Maybe seven to ten years ago, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I feel like maybe college. Okay. I don't know. It's been it's been a while. Well, I'm excited for it. I think we may have a guest. Oh, do we? Oh, yeah. okay. So potentially a guest. Mm. So we won't we won't we won't spoil who the guest is in case they mm. decide. You know what? Fuck that film. <laughs> All right. Well, Mario. Before we wrap up, I think we should uh, we should do one more section, um, which I think maybe in the future we could do before the wheel to add a little bit of tension. Mm, okay. But this is our first time throwing it in, so we're giving it a try. As we said. Last week, 
or two weeks ago, sorry, um, when our last episode, the Another Time, Another Place came out, we have a Patreon page. We're on Patreon now, yeah. kids. We've got three tiers, a $1 tier, the Curious Connery tier, a $5 tier, the, uh, uh, I forget. More Curious <laughs> More Connery's. Curious Connery, and then the Most Curious and Connery the most. for $10 a month. Now, the $10 a month uh, gives you a little shout-out on the podcast. Yes. Uh, now, as we've just started seeing people trickle in, we're just going to shout-out. Everybody. Everybody. The fact that we have anybody in our Patreon right now yeah. is tremendous. So we're going to give... We got we got seven names here to pull from. Let's, uh, uh, we'll go back and one, pass it back and forth and read them. Or... I mean, you're holding okay, it. Okay, I'm holding <laughs> it. All right, so... Uh, I'll read them next week. We got Ryan Hall. Shout out, Ryan Hall. Previous uh, guest. Friend of the show. Thank you for being on the Patreon. We're giving you a shout out on this episode. And we got, we got John McGowan. That's my brother. He's giving us... It's my brother, uh, baby. A ten dollars donation. He's no heavy. He's my brother, baby. Well, his pockets are a little lighter now. Whoa. Uh, we got. Oh, looks familiar here, Alicia Dumas. Hey, honey. Did I say that right? Dumas. Dumas. It's his French show. It's it's, it's it is Dumas. Dumas. If I say Dumas, or I add, like to add an extra s on it and just call her a dumbass. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Did you see that commercial? Like. Thanks for the job, Mr. Dumbass. Yeah. Like, the name is Dumas. Yeah, yeah that's, where, that's where it's from. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So thank you for your donation. And, oh, we got another person I recognize here for another donation, Nicole Gautier, pre- another previous guest. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah, Gautier, 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 like the singer. Gautier. Yes. So okay. we've had three previous guests uh, contribute to our Patreon. That's very, very kind of you. So that's how, we you... Get, that's how we get them in without having us guests yeah. on the show. Hey, maybe maybe we'll make that a hundred dollar tier. <laughs> hey. you pay a hundred bucks, you can be a guest. There you go. Um, then we have Henry Robinson. Henry, Henry. thank you very thank much you. for your donation. I feel like should we be saying these with a Henry Robinson? Henry Robinson. Yes, Alicia Dumas. Alicia Dumas. That's that's a fun one to say. Say Alicia, it. Alicia Dumas. Say it all as one. Alicia Dumas. Alicia Dumas. That's a magic spell if I ever heard one. That's from Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like a Harry Potter. Alicia Dumas. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Turns into a little chicken or something. Yeah, turns into a chicken. <laughs> Ma? <laughs> Anyways. That's we're... not a reflection on you, Alicia. <laughs> I promise. She's a chicken. I was just making things up. She's a small chicken. Uh, then we have John Paiva. Am I saying that correctly? Paiva? Paiva. That's a Portuguese, Portuguese last name. name. Let's go. John Paiva, thank I, you for I your... went to high school with them or something. Dang. And then we also have a Sarah Silva. Sarah Silva. I'm glad women listen to the show. Yeah, it makes me happy. <laughs> women are listening to the show. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> we we thought, off by my reputation. Yeah, we thought we'd be like the rush of podcasts where it's like all dudes, you know. But right, we've had some women. Uh, we have. I, I feel like we have. Have we had more women guests than men? Well, who have we had as guests? We've had Nicole, Alicia, your mom, your sister. So that's I think four. that's it. Then we have Chris Ryan. Eric, Eric, Andrew, Sean. Andrew. Sean. Damn, they're they're, <laughs> they're out numbering them. Ladies, yeah. get on the show. We need more ladies. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And was that it? That was that's, it. that's it. Those, right, are the, well, those are the names for today. We'll read uh, we'll read more. We'll show, Ryan Hall, John McGowan, Alicia Dumas, Nicole Gautier, Henry Robinson, John Piva, and Shara Silva. We'll Thank make, you. We'll, we'll make like a nice like maybe in the future we'll do like a nice little like. Because we're on video now, so we do like at the end, like thanks for all our patrons, and we'll just have them scrolling yeah. right here or something. Yeah. So feel free to uh, check out our Patreon page um, for getting, which for which we're about to do another 
piece of uh, thing that you can find on our Patreon yeah, page. We're, yeah, we're getting, we're, getting, we're getting some content on there so you guys can enjoy it because we want to give back to people who give back to us. So. Indeed. Want to uh, say what cool the next thing, next thing going up there is? Uh, you can also get episodes one week early. Yes, one week early. Uh, I'll, 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 I say, let's just say, we're doing a commentary for a movie. Yes, we are. We, 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 we teased this last episode. We're just going to keep teasing but, it. Yeah, I don't think we tell them yet. While we're doing the commentary, we're just going to keep teasing it. We won't so. tell them what the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what movie do I pop in? I like, can't tell you. You have, to f- you have to find out by the jokes we make while we're making the movie. And we won't tell you when to start either. A frog? What? <laughs> Darth Vader? What? We're not watching Connery movies. We're watching other movies. We're watching Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer. <laughs> A frog? What? <laughs> Darth Vader? What? <laughs> But anyways, yeah. So thanks again to our patrons for uh, helping support the yes, channel. Thank you so much. It's tremendous. And and you too at home, if you want a little more Connery curious in your life, shine up for our Patreon. Shine up. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. All the reluctantly places. TikTok. But all all the places. But anyways, guys, that was Macbeth. Macbeth. Next week, Sean Connery will return in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Until then, I've been Mario. And, wait, just Mario? What? (laughs) Are you just Mario now? Is that, do I usually say my last name? Yeah. Are we going with, are we going You know why I get fucked up? Because when I do do Friggin' Nerds videos like every day, and I always say, I've been Friggin' Nerd Mario. Uh, And and every time I'm about to say it, I'm about to say Friggin' Nerd Mario, but I stop myself and I say, Mario. (laughs) Could you do that again? Well, I didn't didn't know if you were doing a thing because Macbeth is just Macbeth. It's not Stanley Macbeth. All like right. you, it's Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. It's never you know Stanley Macbeth right. and Sheila Macbeth. But you could be I'm Lima. <laughs> so we'll, we'll cut that back. Ready? <laughs> we won't cut it. Anyways, <laughs> I've been Mario Macbeth, and I've been Dylan McDuff. And as always, folks, stay curious. <laughs> You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Friggin' Nerds Media podcast. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Connery Curious for updates, memes, and episode clips. You can also visit Dylan on Instagram at Titus Compositions to hear other podcasts and original music, watch music videos, or even pick up a great vinyl record. For more discussion about your favorite films, comics, and games, and a network for all things nerdy, visit me, Mario, at Friggin' Nerds Media. You can rate, review, and share the podcast in-app, which helps us grow the show and reach other curious conneries out there. Thanks for spending time with us. Have a great day. And remember, stay curious.